You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hi, welcome to this week's episode of the Scottish Football Forums podcast, uh, episode 10. Uh, can I believe we're at episode 10 already? Uh, hi, I'm John, and tonight I'm joined by Chris again. How you doing? Hello. And John returns after two weeks off. How you doing? Yeah, good, thanks. Good to be back. Good holiday. Yeah, it certainly was, yeah. How's your wee dog? Good. <laughs> it's not happening. <laughs> I thought you'd have forgotten about that. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Never, never forget what ended on here. No chance. Uh, blame, blame Tim Donnelly, a.k.a. the, the baldest Becky on Twitter. <laughs> So plenty to talk about anyway. Uh, we'll get straight in there with the charity bet. Lewis Vaughan did score for the 11th game in a row, which is terrific. I'd be interested to see what the record is actually in Scotland for uh, consecutive games scored for a player. Um, however, he scored in the seventh minute, which you would think would be all right for a first goal scorer. But Liam Buchanan scored after three minutes. So that bet was scuppered. Uh, he's an old favourite actually we've had, a few, had him a few times the first goal scorer in the past now the other bet though oh my god <laughs> that, that, that's what, first goal what, scorer bet was as close as we've got to anything aye what if the other bet what, oh dear right so we had St Johnston who are playing in D previously unbeaten St Johnston we should add uh-huh. uh, they lost 3-2 we had Ayr who were doing pretty well in the uh, League 1 they drew 3 all with Alloa and then we had Clyde again They'd just won the previous against Stolen Albion and they lost 3 2 to Edinburgh City. So, aye, possibly one of the worst charity bets ever. So, hopefully, we'll bounce back this week. However, we can, we can afford a bad week because we've had a pretty, pretty good start. We'll do a bad week, probably. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We'll play Hamish, I think, to be honest. That's it. Aye. Uh, aye. See, so, I, I think secretly he's, he's the anti tips now. Make sure Bricky's don't lose money. <laughs> Aye. Exactly. But he's doing dealers uh, with Mick Bricky for all we know. Saying, I will go with that. <laughs> Just lead them on. <laughs> so um, speaking about dodgy bets, um, I've seen Gary Bowling get sacked. It all started with uh, us betting him far for a couple of times. <laughs> Aye. So that's uh, something bought him in a week. So. Aye. It's. it's, it's... That kind of silly season for certain managers already, isn't it? I mean, the fright of the war turned back a couple of weeks ago, and then Gary Bowen, and unfortunately for Celtic, the underlet manager has been relieved of his duties today. Nine yeah, days before John, you've been writing out. John, you've been writing blogs about these guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, not yet. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know, generally, if John writes a blog about a manager, it usually means cuttings. Uh, that you're probably going to lose your job pretty soon after, so <laughs> managers, send John some money if you don't want Sarah to know write a vlog about you. I'd okay. make an absolute fortune. <laughs> Aye, you'd make a fair amount. Mm. So, uh, talk about absolute fortunes, the Champions League, uh, PSG against Celtic, well I should say Celtic against PSG, mm-hmm. see the Celtic with a home team. Uh, Aye, where do you start? 
Chris. Uh, well, going into this game, our record defeat was a 3-0 against PSG. The last time we played them, back in 95, um, that had been matched by both AC Milan and Juventus in 2013. Um, and I'll admit, I feared the worst. Uh, I said to a colleague before the, uh, earlier that day that uh, our record was probably in jeopardy. If you look at one of my blogs, you'll find I also mentioned it in that. Thinking it could be in jeopardy, and uh, by half time, I was looking up to see what our record ever defeat was because we were already 3 0 down. Um, it was as much as PSG were really good, Celtic kind of let themselves down a bit. Um, there was a lot of there was too many players out there, but I look at a bit starstruck. Um, there was some silly mistakes. I mean, it was, it went, for the first goal, Sinclair went down a wee bit too easily. It was a debate over whether it was a free kick or not. I think it went down too easily. Um, and then Neymar got the wrong side of Ralston. Ralston will have learned a lot for this game. He got still young. Um, and I thought he grew into the game as it went on. Which was, he was probably one of the, the brighter points of it. But he did end up wrong side of Neymar by that one. And then the second goal, it was just the defence was over the place. Eventually Mbappe put it in um, pretty much unmarked. And the third goal was probably the worst one because it was just a bizarre, needless pull. Um, by supposedly our experienced central defender Semenovic and that gave away the penalty so by half time all three of the expensive men up front had scored goals so like I said I was looking up to see what our worst ever defeat was at home um, for those that are keeping track Celtic's worst competitive defeat was a 5-0 defeat to Hearts back in 1895 um, I'm told the goal scorers were a hat trick by a guy called King uh, a guy called Hogg and a guy called McLaren I don't know what their first names were it's over 122 years ago. So, <laughs> not sure. Well, names like that, they'll play for Hearts quite decently, isn't it? No, it's just funny that. Like, I just, like, there's Billy King, and there's, I can't think of a hog. Graham Hogg. Graham Hogg, there you go. Graham, and, um, Graham Hogg that had the fight with right. Craig Levine. Oh, yeah, of course. Aye, aye. And then Adam McLaren. Or Al McLaren. Depending on what you go for. So, uh, that, was, uh, that was the record defeat. The, the Dumbarton fans will probably pick me up on this one. But Celtic's actual record home defeat was a friendly on New Year's Day 1892 when the Barton won 8-0. <laughs> so, because it's a friendly, it's not really counted much. Um, I don't know how true this is, but the story was that it was the first time that goal nets had been used at Celtic Park. <laughs> and they immediately wanted to get them taken out again. Because sometimes the ball was going in and like it gone past and goals weren't being given, so they put goal nets in and the Barton scored eight. So uh, maybe take it away again. Um, but yeah, it was also technically that's the old Celtic Park because we moved in the August to the current Celtic Park of eighteen ninety two. So our re- it's definitely a record home defeat at the current Celtic Park as a five 0 that Hearts done and PSG went on the match up. Um, Celtic did give a better account of themselves in the second half. Uh, we seem to be we seem to play a bit more. I don't know what was said at half time. Um, I don't think we've ever really threatened our goalkeeper all much all that much. Um, but we certainly looked as if we were a bit more attacking. Gave PSG less chances, um, and then we tired. <laughs> so PSG got another two goals. It was a bit unfortunate the the lost the going goal. I think Ralston jumped over the ball and lost wasn't really expecting it. So. Um, that was unfortunate, but the the pick of the goals for me was the the fifth goal because it's a beautiful cross in, and Cavani manages to do something I've only ever seen once before when it was Henrik Larsson in Seville and swerve a header. I don't know how you swerve a header. I've never figured it 
the, the mechanics behind that, but I mean, Cavani was full stretch and managed to swerve it into the, the faraway corner. That's a beautiful goal. Um, so, full credit to, to him there. Um, it was one of those ones that I, I played football with some mates the following night, uh, and mm-hmm. obviously, there was people talking, people were, some people were talking about the idiot that came onto the pitch. Um, and of all the people attacked Mbappe and missed fortunately um, and then there was other people were talking about obviously Neymar and his, his antics when he was up against Ralston which Ralston just laughed at him credit to Anthony Ralston for that one um, but when the guys I was playing football with all we were talking about was the Cavani goal which, and that's what you want that's the kind of thing you want to be coming away for these games you're talking about it's, it's, if you're playing at the highest level you want the skill to be the thing you're talking about not the Antics or the off-field coming on the on-field. You mm. want the, it wants to be the skill. And I think Cavani's header was definitely worth talking about. But yeah, it's it's it was as bad as feared, um, and we're now facing uphill struggle. But I think everybody before a ball was kicked in this group said PSG and Bayern will win the group, and Celtic and Andalek will face off for the third spot. And we, I and like going down to ten men after about ten minutes against Bayern Munich losing three 0 The second game over there in Belgium is going to be the big crucial one. So, like I say, I'm rather disappointed if they get under a manager nine days before that because they've not been in great form. I thought they were a real chance of getting something over there, and now we're going to be facing a bit of an unknown. They might rally under a new man. They might rally under no manager whatsoever, depending on how quickly they get somebody in. So, who knows what's going to happen over there? Aye, certainly uh, aye, the event off the pitch isn't going to be too good in terms of Celtic with our previous for UEFA so, I think the year gets 19th of October I think I heard so we're interested uh, to see September what happens tomorrow as we is it? I think so I'm sure it said September I, I seen that it was getting dealt with next month which I thought was a bit bizarre you'd think we'd be dealing with it sooner maybe it's just BBC got it wrong I think got it wrong BBC wrong. website I'm fairly sure it was September but yeah um, right. the sooner it's dealt with so it better, so we can off BBC website <laughs> But yeah, I, I, I would anticipate another fine. I think some people have mentioned the idea of stand closure. I don't think they're going to go to that extent, even though they've got several previous accounts of fan misbehaviour, shall we say. I don't, I, I, I don't think they'll go that far, though. I, I think it'll be another fine. I don't know what it's fine to sign as Dida. Years back. We'll yeah, that was that that was a slightly different incident, and this this guy came on and actually aimed a kick at uh, Mbappe, whereas that guy cheekily slapped him in the face and did took a dive. Yeah, and I th- I'm fairly sure you if I find Dida for that one as well. I felt it were fine for the, the pitch encroachment and stuff. But, um, that, that, was was the, that was one of the worst ones. For the, the, where did they get the ice pack and the stretcher and all the rest of it? Oh, it was ridiculous. <laughs> at least everybody saw through that one. Yeah. Uh, so we'll move on to the action at the Premiership. Uh, first up, Friday night, Partick Thistle against Rangers. The first of two matches because they played together again uh, tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the, the Betfred Cup. Yes. Same back again channel. For same, uh, so again, BT Sport again for Hill. <laughs> so, yes. Uh, as you will. I can't, obviously, can't finish the way this one finished because if it's a draw, it's extra time and penalties. Um, but yeah, I, um, I never, I, I never got a chance to watch this game um, on Friday night. But uh, I've seen the highlights, and it's again, it's looking like 
Rangers defence is a bit shoddy. I don't know if anybody else has seen a bit of a, a trend here with Rangers. Oh, um, oh definitely, are you? Yeah, the defending for the um, the second goal in particular. Um, yeah. Bruno I mean, Alves is trying to play offside. Um, nobody else really is. Taverni is um, sleeping at the back post and the ball comes in, as usual. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the, I mean, the, the I, fact it was two guys waiting to tap it in an empty net was ridiculous. I mean, Spittle had it all yeah. the time in the road because, he tried, because one guy, Bruno Alves in this instance, tried to play offside trap. But two guys at the back post, unmarked, ready to tap it in. But I don't know what Cardoso was doing for the first one. No, with that. First of all, he's let the ball bounce and then he's tried to jump over when there's no real pressure. I think, who was it, Story? Had he back to goal? There's just no need for him to try and yeah. climb all over him at that yeah, point. It's a silly challenge. Um, and the, the free kicks are off, but the wall doesn't look good. Yeah, the wall disintegrates. It's, it's, it's a terrible defensive wall. And it goes straight through it. Does it take a neck off him? Yeah, it hit Bruno Alves in the uh, midriff, I think. So that makes it even worse. <laughs> Because that takes a keeper out of the equation as well. Yeah. But um, to be fair, um, to Rangers, they did fight back and get that draw, although they were helped by 10 mil. There's no questions of sending off. Chris Erskine knew it. Alan Archibald knew it. Yeah, um, possibly could have been another one with Edwards as well. No, well, I'm going to defend yeah. Edwards for one thing, because I thought Jack lunging in with two feet was a bit uh, uncalled for as well. So if I seen somebody lunging in with two feet and me, I'd be protecting myself. You could argue that's what Edwards was doing. Now, that's me being devil with advocate because I do think I, would, I could have sent them both off because you can't get getting studs up like that and you also can't win Jim with two feet off the ground. It's odd that nobody's been talking about the Jack challenge because Jack does go in with two feet. I'll be honest, I didn't really notice Chris for me um, being honest but um, the main thing for Edwards was that neither will the corner or the linesman saw it for some reason. The linesman was focused on the offside which he gave so that's even offside yeah. um, following that but um, there's I mean I thought Morelos was a little bit lucky to escape at least a bit yeah. for his his Definitely. part yeah. Um, yeah. He, he, had a couple, he did have a couple of kicks but kicks. then uh, right. we, we saw last week with Scott Brown getting absolutely no uh, action whatsoever for the compliance officer who I still think is on holiday um, getting the, the Hamilton game last week when he had his soft kick, which was then defended on sports scene. Maybe that was the same argument with this one, Morelos was softly kicking. I don't know. It's, there was a lot of leniency in this game. So for Chris Erskine to be sent off for the challenge he had, which was about over-exuberant over more than anything else, there was worse challenges in this game that never got punished, and he got sent off for that. So in that context, it's about Harrison Erskine. In isolation, it's, a sp- it's, it's the right decision. I don't think anybody's argued yeah. that. Kicking me yeah. softly. <laughs> Aye. Podcast title. Do you again, Morelos? What's that, sorry? Again, another goal for Morelos. Yeah, oh yeah, it was a crack strike. Um, mm-hmm. He's certainly the... I mean, we've been saying this the last couple of weeks, it's Rangers aren't that great at the back, but going forward, they're getting the goals. Um, <laughs> the Morelos goal is only up stage by the fact Dorn's managed to score an even bigger screamer. And then yeah. enough. Although, Eddie's slight about the fact that they got a throw in they should have ever got. <laughs> yeah. Yes. There's still a lot yeah. to be done, to be fair. Um, just like the 89 Cup final that they talk about. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's nearly like, what, <laughs> 28 years ago. I don't even do it now. Eh? They've had a throw in and a goal has come from it. 
No, but in all seriousness, it was a very good strike. I mean, yeah. some people were saying could Skull have done better, but I think he did well even get a hand to it in the first place. I, I, no, it's, just... it's, that's taking away from Dorns, to even say that. Yeah, exactly. It was a terrific bit of skill and it was a terrific finish. But, um, but yeah, it's a, a good point for Patrick Thistle in the end, even though they were winning. But I think, given I think it was a good point. Well, they'd be disappointed after being two ahead. I think they'd be disappointed the they couldn't hold on, but the fact they were done to 10 men would give them it, yeah. Exactly. It's, 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 having come from a goal down to get to that point, you could, you, I can understand the argument for saying they're maybe disappointed they didn't get all three points, but the fact that we're down to 10 men, they hung on and got, well, they conceded a, a cracking goal. It's, it's, it's not as if it was a rubbishy goal they conceded. Well, given the fact the last two games they played Rangers at Fur Hill, or sorry, um, the new stadium, then we can't remember it. Um, no, let's just go for Hill. They conceded last minute goals. They conceded last minute goals to lose the game. Um, so I think they'll just be relieved they've got that little monkey off the back they didn't lose the game this time yeah I mean, did, made, well. like, it was even mentioned in the commentary that it was almost a role reversal because in those games Patrick Thistle were taking the lead and Rangers were scoring the two goals but in this game it was Rangers that took the lead and Patrick Thistle scored the two goals so yeah like, let's, let's just call it for Hill I'm not subscribing to this yeah. all these silly sponsored names it's like, it's like Hamilton's New Douglas Park has got some is it Super Seal Super Seal yeah. Stadium. I'm, I'm not. I'm not all for this uh, renaming the stadiums um, just for sponsorship. I mean, a brand new stadium. Fair enough. You can understand like the Reebok Stadium as it once was at Bolton and the Emirates, but not this um, renaming. Look, like, Almondvale's had four different names and things like that. Just, but the, the, when, when but I, it's th- money that's, for, for these clubs. Yeah, it's, it's, it's good money, and and but you make the, the point there. What is the Reebok Stadium now? Because that sponsorship deal's long finished. I can tell you, Bolton Stadium is. Is I still it a Macron, think, I think? Is it a Macron? Well, I still think it is a Reebok, because that's what it was when it was built. And if, if Arsenal's uh, sponsorship with Emirates ever ends, it'll be the same again. I'll think of it as the Emirates stadium, because that's what it's been since it's been built. So yeah, it's, names just stick. So you can sell your sponsorship all you want, but people will still call it Fur Hill, and they'll still call it New Douglas Park, and they'll still call it the Reebok. <laughs> yeah. uh, go back to the party, that's it all tend to know as well as they went back to three at the back which they seem to hit which seemed to help them in terms of last year they did pretty well we went three at the back so Archibald obviously decided to get back to that and maybe don't hurt them out so good there uh, story starting as well man of the match I believe yeah apparently he played pretty well so that's good for him I think BT gave it to Morelli's did they? I think they did maybe it was a, a ah, the sponsors gave it the party officials' sponsors gave it to Stoke. Oh, is that what it they, was? They'd always give it to a supporter. So, yeah. but, uh, so it'll be interesting to see what happens in the, the second match tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. Whether either team changes much or whatever. Rangers will miss Lee Wallace. He's out of the game tomorrow and the old one. Uh, injured. Yes. So, but unfortunately. Uh, across the other side of Glasgow, though, a team made it to 55. <laughs> 55 games domestically unbeaten. And I keep having to add domestically because every time you mention Celtic's unbeaten run, they go, didn't they lose on Tuesday? So, yep, but that was Europe because it's always been the domestic run. Um, again, it's... Yeah, it was... It's Celtic were as far in front of Ross County as PSG were in Celtic. It's, that's the mess that football's in at the moment. It's just that Celtic are that far in front in most of Scottish football that it's not much of a competition, just as much as they can't keep up with the rest of Europe. So Celtic are kind of caught in a 
a no man's land at the moment. They can't, there's, there's no way they can catch PSG without somebody investing ridiculous amounts of money. Um, but that's not going to happen when they're playing in Scotland. So, but where does, but I mean, what do Celtic do now? I mean, they can't. They're not going to catch up with the likes of the, the big clubs in Europe. But they're not. Do we just cut the legs out from under them, drag them back down, to make Scottish football more competitive? I suppose the only thing they can do is maybe academy bound through players. Obviously, you're not going to be able to get to the extent of what PSG are at, but yeah. you can maybe have a, a mixture of players coming through the academy and then spending money to bring in players. To me, that's the most exciting aspect of what Celtic's doing at the moment. Yes, we're bringing in the likes of Dembele and, and Cham, but I mean, it's, it's, it's just throughout that team, there's, there's the likes of uh, Ralston coming through, and Tierney's been in it for a while now. In fact, well, Tierney was rested against Ross County. Um, but you've also got likes of James Forrest, who scored twice at the weekend. Um, Somebody else, I can't remember right now. You've got Calvin Miller, who's been in Calvin Miller, that's the other one I was thinking. Yeah, he's played a few times as well. So there are players coming through the, the Youth Academy, which are getting mm-hmm. into the first team, which is good to see. We still haven't seen Jack H's in this season, but he's, he's another one that we might see up front. So. Was that a boy Johnson as well, the winger? Ah, he's been injured a lot, uh, Mikey Johnson. Oh, is he? I think he's, I think he's back now, but he's just, he'll be getting up to speed with fitness. So, But yeah, there's certainly a few there, but... I mean, you, you then throw in the kind of the, the Scottish players that Celtic have picked up as well, the likes of Craig Gordon and Stuart Armstrong and Lee Griffiths, and there's a good Scottish core, which is good for the national team. But there's, there's still a limit to what they can do. I think what um, you know, just when you talk about the financial golf, etc. Um, we need all this well documented Scottish football needs more money, but in order to get more money, we more people could talk up the product a bit more. I mean, it's not as good as other leagues so to speak but you know there was over 100,000 people attending football matches over the weekend there was 7,000 at Dunfermline game for example Dunfermline's at Man in the Championship you know those things are good are encouraging and um, you know whereas a lot of the English Premier League games that were live at the weekend were pretty dull and then whereas the party Thistle game was arguably the better one you see a lot a lot of people that criticise Scottish football probably never even watched a game of Scottish football a lot of people that criticise Scottish football seem to do so because they go, ah, the product's not that good. Well, the product isn't that good because nobody invests in it. But the people that invest in English football never seem to turn around and go, uh, are we getting value for money here? Because a lot of the, like you say, the, the games that were happening uh, down south are just garbage to watch as well. But there's a hundred million thrown at each of the teams, so... <laughs> where do you, where, somebody must have one day and go are we getting value for money or this maybe in Scotland yeah but certainly not down south I suppose the thing as well is would we want money thrown at the game again because the last time that happened well look what ended up with Satana so Aye, it's alright to the bubble burst and then you end up with clubs going out of administration and all sorts look what happened like, like it's a Dundee Dundee have been administration about two or three times but back at the about 15 years ago they were playing the likes of Claudio Canigia and uh, Juan Sara Ravanelli was yeah. there it's yeah. like it's been a good fortune isn't it and what could have got them but yeah I mean it was, like I said routine from Celtic um, good finishes uh, for the likes of Dembele and Rogic and the Trophy Forest and 
Sinclair had, was denied a couple of times as well. He seemed to come off the bench and play pretty well. Rodrick was denied a couple of times. It was, it was very little for Ross County to talk about in this game, but obviously I didn't expect it. Well, the dip was just a save at Craig Gordon. The, the, double, double, save. the double save for Craig Gordon yeah, is, is yeah. the one thing to talk about for that game. and It was, uh, it was terrific. And the, the second save especially, because having got down, he's got stopped the first one, he had to scramble back to his feet and tip the other one over. Brilliant. The other thing I suppose is that Belly coming back straight away scores. Yeah. The yeah, yeah. to get back in it. The reports I'm hearing for the game is he didn't look, quite look match sharp, but still enough to get his goal. <laughs> so um, whether he'll, how much he'll feature in the next uh, three games, all away from home, all sort of big games, will uh, remain to be seen. But I mean, they're starting to get players back now. Boyata's in the squad for the, the Dundee game in midweek, so. That's good to see, and hopefully they'll be they'll be ready for the likes of the Anderlecht game, which we we're talking about earlier. Yeah, interesting as well. Uh, they went two up front, didn't they? We did, aye. It was, it was very strange to, to play the likes of Griffiths and Ben Dembele up front. Was that three one four two you played? I don't know. I think we make it up as we go along. <laughs> we kind of played three at the back against uh, Hamilton last week as well. So clearly not against PSG, but then. Could have been a bit of a back and still in the world. Thing is, up here you could, um, as, you, as you say, you could just test it any type of formation. You're still going to have the better players to win games. Yeah. No, no matter who you bring in, that's just I can see making a few changes for Dundee Wednesday and still be too strong for them. Yeah, it's it's quite interesting actually because I mean I'm not of the three trophies. It's, it's Celtic have got a chance of winning. The League Cup's always the least of the three, but. You could argue that because we're the holders at the moment, we want to retain the cup. So that's an important game on Wednesday night. The as we spoke about earlier, the Anderlecht game is massive if Celtic want to get into Europe after Christmas because that's the, the, the it's one of the two games that's going to decide who finishes third place in that group. Um, which means the game in between at Ibrox is probably the least of the important of the three because we can afford to drop points in the league because pretty much everybody else around us drop points at the weekend. Yeah, maybe the least important for Celtic, but I'm pretty sure that won't be the case uh, the, other, the other half. Oh yeah, I mean, I mean, if you look at it from the Rangers' perspective, then you know, like the last time they played Celtic, they were thumped five-one at Ibrox, so they want to try and turn that round. They want to prove that all the the spending they've been doing over the the, the summer is actually making a difference. So they'll be trying to close the gap. They'll be trying to be the team that that, that knocks that uh, Celtic's unbeaten run out completely. So if they can beat Celtic at Ibrox, that's the way to do it. And they get stopped it. It might be 55, it might be 56, depending on what happens with Dundee. Um, and obviously the fact they're, they're currently five points behind Celtic, there's already a gap there they want to close. So it, it certainly yeah. means a lot more to Rangers than it means to Celtic in this game. I think the big thing about the game that was touched on in sports scene was the fact that you can't see Rangers midfield competing with Celtic's midfield. Um if that's the case, they're in trouble because if the midfield can't compete with Celtic's midfield and their defence is shoddy, then how many Celtic going to score? If that, if it comes down to that, I'm not I'm not entirely convinced. Um, I, th- I don't think the the Rangers midfield is bad as people are making it. I don't know. I don't. It's, it's not certainly that good defensively. I wouldn't say the one thing as well. Be interested to see Kenny Willers maybe not been in the best form so far this season, but you would think. Oh, he'll start yeah. at the weekend he always rises uh, to these games but the other possibility midfield wise could be whether maybe Penner starts alongside Dorans and Jack 
because they get them a bit more in the midfield. So, see what happens. I mean, I, I, I will come out there later on, but I'm going to predict a fairly high-scoring game, I think. Because um, I think Celtic, while they have been getting clean sheets of late, they're still a bit defensively frail at times. I mean, if is just coming back now, we've got we've only really got Simonovic's fit. Who knows what will happen against Dundee, whether anybody will still be fit, but harder. We don't want to be knackered going into the Android game, so who knows what, what we'll try at the back. So, I've yeah. spoken about Rangers' defensive frailties already, so... So yeah, but now now clearly. I will move on. Uh, we'll come back later on in the predictions. Uh, we'll go to Petardry. Aberdeen face Kilmarnock. Aberdeen are unbeaten. Only dropped a couple of points. Kilmarnock has only picked up a point so far. Everton pointed to a home win. However, was it five John, five one or something you beat them last time? Yeah, five one Petardry last yeah. season. You were at the game, John. I was, yeah. Um, my mate who drove up with said he had a bad feeling about the game and he turned out to be right. <laughs> um, we started bright enough. First 15-20 minutes we were on top. Got the goal after 10. Um, looks pretty comfortable. Then I think Kilmarnock was forced on a substitution which went, they went from 5-4-1 into um, a 4-5-1 and they saw more of the ball um, and they grew into the game. We... We made too many changes in the team again. The problem with us at the moment is that we've, we don't know our best team yet. I, I'm not overly concerned because we're still unbeaten. You know, we've had a better start this season than last season. And once we know our best team, I think we'll click just like we did last season when we beat, ironically, Motherwell at Christmas. From then on, it just went on. So, but it was a diff- it just wasn't a good enough performance at the weekend and Kilmarnock certainly deserved a point even if their goal was a little bit lucky with a deflection um, but I, you know we're, we're still looking to find our, um, our best living that's the big problem at the moment yeah. no, but little doubt though that the best living should include Ryan Christie oh without a doubt um, and I think we missed him at the start I felt Maynard was trying but too hard to get his first goal. Like, there was an incident, they didn't show it in sports scene, there was an incident where he took a shot on, but he'd got right in space on the right-hand side. He was in a better shooting position, but he wanted to take on himself, and it was a weak effort. Um, he's got a nice touch about Maynard, but he's just lacking a lot of confidence just now because he's not got that first goal. Um, but I t- we're, we're missing a holding midfield player. Um, whether Ball's going to do that role in future, I don't know, but... I think we could do with someone protecting the back four. It was, it was interesting the way yeah. the highlights were, were kind of put together because it looked to me like Aberdeen started well, obviously got a goal through Stevie May. Wonderful control, by the way. The first touch, let him just fire it in the net with a second. Um, but after that, Kilmarnock seemed to grow into the game. The substitution that you mentioned was was kind of the catalyst. And again, it was the substitutions by Aberdeen later on which seemed to switch it back because I mean Kamara did get the, the wicked deflection for the goal off Anderson. But was it Finlay hit the bar with Header? Yeah. And I think they had, they had another couple of chances as well. It was only after the subs were getting Christie and Mackay Stephen on that Aberdeen seemed to take control again and just couldn't quite find that winner. Um having said that, Mackay Stephen should have had a penalty. Now it was it was a bizarre decision because the ball was away. <laughs> <laughs> the, the defender had cleared that, so why on earth did they then throw Mackay Steven? Like, is, is some kind of judo? I 
think because the ball had already gone and it had actually gone close to other players, that that's probably why he's not given it. Yeah, my and guess was the ref had actually seen it. He'd followed I, the ball. I think it would have been a soft penalty. I don't. I don't think it was soft. I think it would, it would have been well deserved because I think it's a, it's a bizarre decision from the defender. But like I say, like you say, the, the ball was away. It's maybe just the referee wasn't watching at the time, so it didn't know what happened. But yeah, I, I would have yeah. given it. Just on the subject of the team, we've talked about it a wee bit this season, um, and it's been mentioned on certainly a few of the Aberdeen forums and you look on Twitter and the likes. The, the Kenny McLean situation seems to be still. It's not the greatest start to the season, but doesn't get dropped. He seems. I think Carrera start whereby he's, he's been pretty much ever present since he signed for Aberdeen. Yeah, I know he was dropped a couple of times at the start of last season. But it's not happened really this season. I think he's played every game. But on Saturday, there was a couple of times I felt for him because he's looking to make a pass. Like there was one instance in the second half. He was. Looking, he was. I got McKay Stephen make a move and then say, I'll play the ball in between defenders. But Mackay Stephen didn't move in and he hung on to the ball. There was just a lack of movement for a lot of the Aberdeen players on Saturday, which was bizarre. But as I say, it's, we're still trying to find a formula. Um, you know, I think... And, but once once we find that and we get our best loving in the park, you know, I've no doubt we'll click. But that, that best loving, as you say, should include Christy, just off Stephen May. Yes, definitely. But then that turns the question again of McLean playing deeper and then probably beside Shinny, you then probably can't play a holding midfielder. Or do you drop one of them or do you put um, Shinny back to left back and have Conson in the centre because centre back still not sorted? I mean, O'Connor's been the best of the lot by far this season. Yeah, I heard Arlington was pretty decent at the weekend, mind. Mm. He was okay, but there was a there was one instance that he nearly lost the ball, but then he managed somehow to win it back. To be fair, but I just I just don't know if we can have Anderson at centre back if we're going to play a high line because he's not got the pace. And if we're having the defence drop deeper and there's no one sitting in between defence and midfield, um, it's not going to work. Ah, you're dependent on Shea Logan coming in to cover. Yeah, and Logan's, Logan's game's getting further up the park. Mm. Uh, see what happens. It's better there'll be a few changes again on Thursday. Yeah. For the game at Motherwell in the Cup. Uh, there'll be a but few changes for both game. games. Tricky mm-hmm. game as well with Motherwell being four games unbeaten, which moves us on to the Hibs Motherwell game where Hibs actually took the lead. Yeah, uh, yeah the third penalty. Um, Decision. Third dive as well. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. right, th- th- this is this is the perfect example for why the referee should be allowed to a give a penalty and b give a dive, because for me, the first one Stokes does technically get clipped, maybe outside the box by McHugh, um, but then trips himself up. So Stokes knows exactly what he's doing with this one. Should be a dive. So I get maybe a free kick and a dive for this one. I thought it's outside the box. The Tate one, I thought first count was a dive, um, and he was booked for it. So I think the referee thought as well. But again, the replay shows clearly there is actually contact. But he's made such a meal of it that he doesn't get it. And then probably most difficult one to call, I would say though. Uh, yeah, I, I, I can understand I why he's given this one as a dive because, I, like I say, the first time I seen it, I thought it was a dive, and all it took the replay for me to see it. So. Kind of going to give the referee the benefit of the doubt with that one. The third one is just appalling because there's not even a challenge. 
It's just that, oh, yeah. that's the only one of the three that isn't any contact and there isn't a free kick or a penalty. It's just a dive and he gives a penalty. So, um, yeah, but that's, I, I do think if the, the governing bodies are listening to this podcast, get the get the idea of a booking for a dive and a penalty brought in. It's a great idea. Um, but yeah, that is, it's... But it's a dive. I mean, five dives and gets a penalty. Um, I'm not holding out my hope that the uh, compliance officer is going to pick up this one because he hasn't been anything so far this season. Um, that boy Dunn's not um, getting the best of luck because the St Johnson game, again, was, he gets sent off where the St Johnson player dives. It was Cummins, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, it was Cummins and Cummins because uh, that red card was rescinded down to yellow. <laughs> What's I think it was? Oh no, it was yeah. just Cindy. No, and I, then someone and, else has done it to him. Yeah, and Cummins wasn't pulled up for that one either because it was that insane week where everybody was appealing red cards. <laughs> so Cummins was out, was, was, was Cummins got away with a dive. <laughs> so aye, it's, uh, not, you're right, it's not, uh, he's not having much luck with these dives. Um, well finished with Stokes and then, um, they should see the game out at 2 now. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, because it's yeah, it again. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, there's a, there's a, there's a, there was a Louis Malt chance where he ballooned it over the bar with a header. Um, I think Stokes had a chance as well, which Rob McLean reckon was claiming, but wasn't given. Which we might come back to and talk about because there's an incident in the Dundee game, which is fairly similar. Um, but then, I mean, I mean, Stokes. Probably the, the best thing I did in the game was nick it off a defender and fire in the second goal. So you're right, I mean, 2-0, Hibs should see this out. But then up was Louis Moult, who got his header right this time. Um, but should the keeper come and get that? It's, it's yes, three yes. yards out or Definitely. something? Definitely. Like, even, even when you watch probably. it first time, you think the free kick's dropped into the, the goalkeeper and he doesn't come for it. Yeah, it should do better with the second goal as well. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's a better strike for Malt, but yeah, again, he should be he should be getting that. Um, I think Stokes had a free kick that went wide after that, but yeah, it was, it's just, you're going to be disappointed if you're Hibs. There was two That's other things that Hibs... That's what happens when you play a team at compared them to a bunch of under-8s, but maybe unfair in uh, under-8s. That's, that's only yeah. slightly younger than... Uh, Celtic were compared to in, in midweek because Rodgers got a, a, said he had under-12s against PSG. Yeah. Which, again, seems a bit harsh, but... <laughs> I'm sure the under-12s will recover. <laughs> um, <laughs> but with regards to the second below goal, there was the, the Marciano not saving it was one of three things that were known perhaps in that one. There was the there was a player who was um, supposed to be marking a mother player and they walked away upfield and the mother player yeah. plays the ball in the moat. If, if Ambrose tries to dive in and Moult just rolls him and then puts the ball in the net, keeper should do better. Uh, yeah, fair play as well to Louis Moult after obviously the summer did look like he was going to be going, but he's got the head stuck down, still scoring goals, which will still mean he should get a good move if he does go on. Sure. I mean, if he, the more he does this, the more there'll be, be plenty of people in for him when he does finally go. Because you'd imagine. If 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 we want to get any money for him, they're going to cash in the, uh, the January transfer window. Whether yeah, he wants to do that or not, no, I, I can kind of, I can expect it to be there this season, and then it goes somewhere for free, and someone's going to get a bit of a bargain when that happens. Yeah, yeah. but that's about but five then, goals already, and like, mm-hmm. which yeah, 
a third of what he's done the previous two seasons. Like fifteen goals he scored the last two seasons. So yeah, he's he's doing very well. And the thing is, if Motherwell did lose him in the season, it's I know they won't get money from, but they've. They already made a big profit on uh, Marvin Johnson going from Oxford to Middlesbrough for three million. He's got a thirty yep. percent selling on that, so yeah, they've made it. a fair bit of money on a player ah, they that sold, they didn't have. <laughs> yeah, they sold Hennigan as well. That's right. So they done all right. Uh, if you want to move on to then that done decent Johnson game. Another referee howler. But uh, penalties, three penalties in the game. Uh, how many of them should have been penalties? Yank. Um, the first and Johnson penalty is a definite penalty because Baines took it the um, the St Johnson player. Yeah, uh, but the, uh, the commentary was a bit weird in this one because they were suggesting that it was a an obvious goal scoring opportunity. Um, it wasn't an obvious goal scoring opportunity. That's why Bain hadn't been booked. But he went for the ball. I thought so. He wouldn't have been booked anyway. You only you you never want to get sent off for that if you didn't make an, a, a, an attempt to get the ball. Is that, is that the rule in these days? So aye, I think, aye, if, yellow, yellow card is the right call. Yeah. Aye, I think so. Aye, I don't, I, it was never a red card, because he did what he was trying to get a ball when missed. Yeah, so, um, yeah I think that's a, that's a penalty. I wouldn't disagree with that. The Dundee penalty, on the other hand, looked like shoulder to shoulder to me. Um, so, I mean, it's, I, I've seen shoulder to back not get given, and that to me is wrong. I've seen shoulder to shoulder get given in this game, and that's wrong as well. Because to me, to me my, my understanding of that rule is you can you can use your shoulder to somebody else's shoulder, and that's fair enough. But if it's shoulder to back, then it's a free kick. Is it not that simple? Yeah. Well, Ricky Boss was so intense he kicked the referee's door in at full time. I heard about that. Yeah, okay. I, that yeah. that's made the the referee's report, so the compliance officer will probably have to deal with that because it's in the ref's report. So, what what about the Stephen Anderson goal in between the two penalties? Right, so I should have given. I think going back to the point I was making earlier about the the, the Anthony Stokes one, where Robert Clem was saying, "Oh, he's claiming," and it wasn't given. I think they're the same thing. Sit so, I mean, Stephen Anderson. The arm is up on his back, so I think that's what the ref's seen. Um, so if you're going to be strictly speaking, you can't put your arm up there, then. There's going to be lots of times that kind of thing's given. So, is he pushing down on him? I don't think so. It's borderline. It's one of those ones I can see why it would get given, I can see why it wouldn't. Yeah, I think he was just maybe unfortunate with the referee. Another referee might have let him off. Yeah, I think um, so. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's 3 1, Dan D then puts himself up for Fanny of the Week. He's captain as well. Yep. Mm-hmm. He's a captain. By applauding, by applauding the referee for that booking, the, the assistant referee's first booking, and then pulling at the guy to get himself set, sent off within seconds. It was just very lucky he didn't cost his team yeah, much by all accounts, yeah. yeah, listening to the radio, uh, I was listening the way back from, I was at the Gibbon, Talbot Gibbon Saturday, he was lucky to last as long as he did. Supposedly had about ten fouls during the game. Yeah, I thought. I mean, um, so he was lucky to get it to last as long as he did. I'm, I'm almost surprised he wasn't just sent off for the, the sarcastic applause because he could have been booked. He could have been booked for persistent foul, and he could probably have been booked for the foul itself. And then he's applauding the referee. So you've got three reasons to give him a yellow card in one incident for him to then go on 
and commit another foul that concedes a penalty straight after it is just nuts. That, like you say, that's the captain. That, what kind of example is that set? Now, does he miss the cup game? I can never remember whether a red card... Whether it needs to be a straight red card to miss the next game, no matter what the tournament is, or if two yellows just means you're only off for that game, or if you miss any games after that, or... I don't know how it works. I think it's just the next league game, but... I right, so look up. He does miss a he does miss a game then, because I feel like I should know this. <laughs> I think it? it's the league game, not the cup game. Right, I think. Yeah. That I th- that was my understanding. Is if he missed anything, it would be the league game because it was the same competition because it wasn't a straight red, it wasn't violent conduct. This is where you need Craig and his rule book because Craig was really good at this. But to be fair, it's indeed they've not had a lot of luck all season, and they seem to get it all in this got, game. <laughs> they got it all in one game and. Much needed win for Neil McCann. Yeah, I mean, credit to the, um, was it Leach Smith when he's double barrel? Yes. I mean, his, AGLS. His second is a terrific finish. Um, first one's a bat of a happen. But, um, and to be honest, the goalkeeping was rotten. Because why do you not get that out for a corner or something? Yeah, the, for, for the first one. Yeah. 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 It's, it's the second one, it's a peach. So, I mean, I'm for that. Enough of, um, was that enough of bar? Yeah. Yeah, big one for Dundee as well because they at the weekend go to Rugby Park to play Kilmarnock yeah, and Kilmarnock have been shocking at home this season suddenly a massive game for Kilmarnock it was already going to be big but now that they've, uh, Dundee have looped over them it's, it's, it's even bigger they could really do a win in that so move on to uh, Hamilton against Hearts yeah, just just before we move on, can I just note some bizarre I noticed at the weekend when I was sitting watching kids TV? Because I've got kids, and not just because I like watching kids TV or anything. But do you know Fireman Sam? <laughs> do you know okay. what the Do you know what the voice actor's name is? What? Ben Hennigan. <laughs> I'm assuming it's a different Ben Hennigan. It's just when you mentioned it earlier on, it suddenly occurred to me. I'd seen that at the weekend. Anyway, so there you go. Ben Hennigan is Fireman Sam. <laughs> so, Hamilton Hearts, now that I've derailed this podcast entirely. <laughs> yes. I suppose the main third, Callahan, if that's how you put it, I think that's how you pronounce his name. Is it Callahan? Uh, I got to love a, his boyhood dream. He's a Hearts fan, I believe. And scored. Yeah. Yeah. You enjoyed that one, certainly. Yeah. A good play with Jamie Walker in, in the build up. He looks as though he's thought, right, I've not got my move, I might as well get ahead on and play some football for a few months at least. See for all Calcat. Is it Calcan? Calacam? I don't know. That's Maybe it's Calacan. So it's like a Klingon word. Um, uh, should the Hearts penalty have been a penalty? Eh. Aye, I think so. I know. I, I know. Um, Martin Cannon was saying it wasn't, but I, I thought he got uh, Goncalves' leg first, and then got the ball. So I think I, I think it's a good spot for the ref. I'm going to give him the credit for it. What do you think, John? Yeah, I think he's he's come through um, Goncalves to get the you know to get the ball. So it's a definite penalty. I mean, and should should Hamilton have had a penalty later on? 
No, I think you called that right because Templeton slips. They show that. I thought Alan were unlucky in this game, actually. They were they kind of. There were some good saves, I thought, but then they couldn't quite get that second goal after they got the first. Um, and I thought David Templeton's starting to come into a bit of a game now. Yeah, I thought he looked pretty good, yeah. They showed clips of his old form before he moved that, made that move to Rangers. From from playing against Liverpool in the Europa League to then playing against Elgin a few days later. He's <laughs> um, not quite been the same player. <laughs> but injury, he's not been helped by injuries, obviously. No. It's not just the career choice. It's injuries that's done it to him. Um, Good result for Hearts on a good one under Levine. And took charge and away win and they leapfrogged Hamilton and they leapfrogged Hamilton as well so up into 7th place uh, much else to say about that game is that us done oh yes us yeah. done uh, so I uh, spoke a wee bit about Betfred Cup tomorrow night party at Thistle against Rangers that's, uh, uh, on TV that's the live game because the other game's on as well tomorrow night probably on the obvious game the one that's not on TV yeah then you've got Dundee Celtic on Wednesday on TV, and then Motherwell v Aberdeen on TV. Uh, I don't know about elsewhere, but Aberdeen have sold 1,700 tickets so far for that game. Yeah, it's good play and pressure for a Thursday night. Good stuff, huh? Yeah, I, um, I'm one of those 1,700 that's going. Yeah, I've got a ticket as well. Yeah. So, why, why the part of this Rangers game? This is uh, uh, it's, it's one of two games that's exactly the same in the league, isn't it? Because uh, where, yeah. where their league game came first and then the cup game comes up. In their case, it's the cup game that comes first and then the league game's on Sunday. Must be Sunday because it's Thursday. Yeah, it's Sunday, yeah. And both uh, both the Partick Thistle Rangers games were in BT and so are both of the Aberdeen games. That's another weird thing. But it's all worked out. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what Partick Thistle are charging for the game, whether they are doing similar to what they are doing. Probably not because it's all firm involved. Um, <laughs> I would have thought but, um, just um, to get my, uh, my plug in uh, the blog will be available on Tuesday tomorrow for those who are listening does it mention any managers? I'm saying nothing <laughs> is that, is managers it, names are mentioned is, is that a Betfred Cup preview? maybe? yes good I would like to say that on the podcast oh, I think I say that as well oh dear no, Sorry but on the, on, the, so on, the, no, on the blog, it does say, if you want to bet in the game, go to Mitbuki. I'll put that on there. So Craig will publish it in the morning, so he tells me. So that, well, yeah, the podcast is about first, but people probably won't listen to it tomorrow anyway, at which point your blog will be out, so go read it. Yeah. Yeah, we should add the podcast as on, this is Monday night that we are recording this, but... I think the fact that make, um, that makes the ties quite intriguing is that the, the top three for last season are all away from home. Yeah. Like, I think that, that's worked out quite well. And because even, I know I said earlier, I think Celtic, no matter what team they put to win, but the fact they've got to Dundee, Dundee might bring a bumper crowd, it might get the best out of them, and it might be a tough game, you never know. And obviously we know that and Rangers games have been quite close recently. Um, and... You know, Motherwell and Aberdeen will certainly be a close one, I think. Although I'm hoping for a repeat of 2013-14 for that one. Yeah, I think I think as well, we've 
the last three times we've played Murray in the Cup we've won. Mm-hmm. I think the last time we played Dundee in the League Cup it was about ten years ago. So the last time that I think Mother will beat Aberdeen in any cup competition was ninety one, and that was obviously when we were holders and they went on to win the Scottish Cup. Sorry, I tell a lie, they beat us in the League Cup in two thousand six. That was the last time they beat us. I think that's bye. So did you see any shocks in us? I could be. Where do you think shocks come uh, in? Depends what Hibs team turn up tomorrow, I suppose. I think Boston, the fact that it's home. Rangers, I could be a shock. Mm-hmm. But you think Rangers won? Me? No, I, <laughs> I, I, I don't see... Uh, I think if I saw if I had a decent result against Rangers to be honest this week. I think that's a... I I, Rangers will get through somehow. And I think the Murray Aberdeen game's a tough tie. <laughs> it's Especially tough. Mullen was in good form. Um, but I think Aberdeen will probably find enough to, to win that game. Um, but I think it's probably the toughest of the four. I would say so by far. Um, especially the form that Mother were on, the fact that yeah. although we've been getting good results, we've not been playing great. But then that's a sign of a good team as well. Uh, so we move on to predictions. We have five games on Saturday, one game on Sunday. Uh, first up, we have Rangers versus Celtic. The odds for this one, Rangers are 27 to 10. The draw is 14 to 5 and Celtic are 17 to 20. So Celtic are actually a pretty, decent, Celtic are a pretty decent price for once. Uh, with that. Um, Chris, what's your thoughts? I'll you go, said earlier on a high scoring game. Right, I'll go Rangers 3, Celtic 5. Rangers 3, Celtic 5. Alright. Okay. Have some of what you've been taking. Uh, George, what do you think? Okay, well, I thought I was going to go for a high score, <laughs> but mine sounds quite pish compared to that. And 4 2 Celtic. 4 2 Celtic. It's, not, it's not that much different from what I just said. <laughs> uh, I'll go for 3 uh, 1 to Celtic. Um, let's stop mentioning it earlier. We've got Kamarnik against Dundee. Um, uh, Kamarnik are 75. The draw is 12 to 5, and Dundee are 74. Uh, John, what do you think? Um, I'm going to go with a scrappy 1-0-1 for Dundee. He's like, come on, it's home from poor. Uh, Chris? I'm going to go with Desmond 2-0. 2 uh, Yeah, I kind of think it'll be a draw as well, 1-0. Uh, I forgot to mention earlier, actually, something I read about Lee McCulloch and during the week, supposedly... As opposed to having a word with all the players about their form so far, they took players individually. They spoke to all the players individually about what had been happening so far. So maybe a good bit of man management there. Must have taken away. Paid off at the weekend for them. What's that? It must have taken away. Yeah, but maybe a wee bit of different approach has helped. So uh, let's stop St Johnson against Hamilton. St Johnson are four to five, which is pretty decent price. Uh, the draw is thirteen to five, and Hamilton are thirty-one to ten. Uh, what do you think, Chris? Um, I think St Johnson will probably bounce back. We'll go two-one St Johnson. I'm going to go one-nil St Johnson. I'm going one-nil as well, so that could be one. 
possibly for the old charity bet. Um, got Ross County against Hibs. Ross County are twenty nine to ten. The draw is thirteen to five, and Hibs are five to six. Uh, John, I'm going to say that Hibs will end their um, drawing spree by losing one 0 <laughs> Uh, I'm going to say Hibs will continue their drugs by having one each one each and I'm going Desmond two um, and then last up on Saturday you've got Partick Thistle against Hearts Partick Thistle 23-10 the draw is 12-5 and Hearts are 11-10 Chris uh, I'm going to continue Hearts getting their, their decent away for them um, I am going to say 2-1 Hearts John? Um, I'm going to go with a one all draw. Yeah, I think a one all draw as well, actually. Yeah. And then last up on Sunday, a repeat of Thursday's game Motherwell against Aberdeen. Motherwell are 15 4, draw is 29 10, and Aberdeen are 13 20. That, these old draws seem pretty bizarre considering recent, mm. what's been going on recently. Uh, John? Uh, I'm, I'm going to um, go with a Desmond for this one. Oh, you want Desmond? Uh, Chris? Um, pretty much like the same actually at all. I will go for Aberdeen to win 2-1. So, to be fancy St. Johnson then? After what? Do I fancy St. Johnson to win? Yes. Do I want to put him in a charity bit after last week? Not really. <laughs> We'll be looking at elsewhere. I'm just looking to see if McBook have anything for uh, this 5-3 Celtic. It's 175 to 1. Oh my god, sake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 4-2 is 45 to 1. <laughs> <laughs> see if Celtic win 5-3, you're going to kick yourself and no putting a pound on it. Wraith are 4-7. Don't worry about yeah. wanting to go with them. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy. Yeah, home airdrop. That sounds like a shoot. That's all. Yep. Are they still with a manager? Technically, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like I should. <laughs> you should know, George. You probably write a blog about the old master. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm waiting until Nacho Novo gets the gig because he was linked to it at one point. <laughs> um. Oh, but it's still allowing eight to thirteen to to shot. Um, no. no. We're taking Wraith at eight to thirteen. Wraith uh, at four seven. Uh, what's the firm one away to breaking? The firm one away to breaking at thirteen to twenty. So that would all be kind of quite short. But we'll have a look. Punch it into the supercomputer. And let's see. Ten pounds. Turn £41.90. Aye, that sounds That's good to me. Yeah. Right, okay. So, the three league leaders outside of the Premiership. See, safe bet. <laughs> After last week, horrendous as well, Ben. Let's go on. Chris, you've just cast already by saying safe bet. It's us. I know we've started the season now, but... <laughs> 
nothing's a safe bet with us. Comparatively speaking. Uh, <laughs> where do we want to look for first goal scorer then? I'm thinking either Darren Smith or Callum Morrison at Stirling Albion. Because they've scored six and five respectively. Toss a coin. Has there been a run in terms of who's been scoring first with either, uh, with either of them? I've no idea. I've just looked at who's the top scorers in League 2. Oh, yep. Oh, <laughs> <man. Yeah. laughs> uh, Who scored first at the weekend for them? Oh, find it. Callum Morrison scored twice. Yeah. So it's Smith's turn this week, maybe. Should we go for Smith then? <laughs> you think it's turned about? Ah, you always go for Adam and Bell. Right, we'll go for Smith. Hi. Okay, odds will follow for him later on in the week. See if we can get second time lucky with him. Uh, I, I want to mention something we've had a bit of pie chat for a while uh, I was at a junior game on Saturday Beef against Talbot and I had one of the best pies ever at the football chicken and haggis oh, I, yeah. I, showed, I showed you boys a picture of it oh delicious £2 one of the best pies ever maybe no trust at the football but all round it was terrific so did you have a pie at the weekend? Sean at the football? Uh, no, I didn't last weekend. No. Did you have any at the football? Did you eat? Um, a Twix. What? <laughs> I, 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 I had a big meal at um, uh, Weatherspoons before the game, so I wasn't that hungry, to be fair. Disappointing. <laughs> right, so I let you and my special cake down. Let our pie fans down. Um. <laughs> See what we're bringing back all the the, the the chat that we've done that's kind of away from football. If I said uh, Bobby Heenan, not aye, no had a bit of wrestling, wrestling. yeah, a wrestling manager, the weekender, pan breed. We all want to join. Teasing me. So I, but. <laughs> On that note, we should maybe say to you. <laughs> what a way to end that. <laughs> Tumbleweed moment. Uh, there's been a few tonight. <laughs> so, cheers, guys. Cheers. Yeah, cheers. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>